Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your Church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today is Psalm 82. God takes his stand in the council of heaven. He gives judgment in the midst of the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show favour to the wicked? Save the weak and the orphan. Defend the humble and needy. Rescue the weak and the poor. Deliver them from the power of the wicked. They do not know, neither do they understand. They go about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. Now I say to you, you are gods and all of you children of the Most High. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, and rule the earth, for you shall take all nations for your own. The Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 49. Jesus said to his disciples, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptised, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When Philip and I were on holiday in the Loire recently, we visited some Roman ruins near the little village of Gênes. We hadn't planned to visit them, but it was very hot and they were in the midst of some woodland, and we were at the point where we'd have gone anywhere if it promised some shade. The ruins turned out to be the remains of a 2nd century amphitheatre, built by the Romans who'd conquered and occupied Gaul. Every self-respecting Roman town expected to have an amphitheatre, 
but this one had been big, seating 5,000 people. All that's left now, though, is the oval-shaped arena and some of the tiered seating on the sloping banks, which have been excavated and preserved. We had it to ourselves. It was peaceful and quiet. But as we walked around, we couldn't help remembering what had once gone on there. The most popular attraction at these sort of arenas were gladiatorial games, in which people fought to the death, either against each other or against wild animals. Many of them had no choice. They were enslaved or had fallen foul of the Roman authorities in some way. Some may have been Christians executed for their faith in these gruesome spectacles. We might wonder why anyone would want to watch people dying like this, but they did, in large numbers. And before we get too sniffy about it, we might remember that public hangings took place in England right up to the 1860s and were regarded by many as a good day out, so long as it wasn't you or someone you loved who was suffering. The Roman writer Juvenal once made a barbed comment about the formula the rulers of Rome used to stay in power. Bread and circuses, he called it. The Romans had realised that if you keep people fed, there was a free dole of bread for Roman citizens, and if you keep them entertained, people will ignore almost any amount of injustice and corruption. And in case they were inclined not to ignore it, the savagery of those gladiatorial games reminded them of what would happen if they spoke out. Rome claimed to bring peace to the nations it conquered, the Pax Romana, but it was really no peace at all. It was more like an imperial protection racket. Toe the line and all will be well, they said. We'll build you roads and public bathhouses. But dare to question or rebel and it won't end well for you. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time, says Jesus to his hearers in today's Gospel reading? Why can't you see the injustice and the need that's in front of you? Why isn't this burning at your soul, making you act? The answer was simple, of course. We don't see what we don't want to see. We don't read the signs of the time, because we, f we fear it would cost us too much. And what's one person against such huge, overwhelming forces? We feel powerless. We don't face death in the arena. Our challenges are different, but the problem is the same. We know that this heat wave we're in the middle of is wrong, a sign of human-made climate change. But that doesn't necessarily mean we act any differently. We know there is a cost-of-living crisis which will make the lives of those who are already struggling impossible this winter, as they find they can't afford to heat or to eat. The latest idea to tackle this seems to be warm banks, places for people to spend their days if they can't afford to heat their homes. But these aren't really the answer. Any more than food banks are an answer to food poverty. That doesn't mean we, should ha we shouldn't have food banks or warm banks, and please do continue to put your contributions into the collection box at the back of our church. But there's something wrong if we aren't also asking why we need to do this. 
warm banks and food banks are an indictment of a nation in which so many don't have enough to provide even the basics of life. They're a sign that radical change is needed. Jesus repeatedly asked awkward questions like these of those in power in his own day. And it's clear from today's Gospel reading that he knows what that will cost him. The baptism with which I am to be baptised, which he talks about, is his own crucifixion. He knows a confrontation is coming, not because he has some supernatural power to forecast the future, but because it's obvious. He's spoken out for the powerless and preached justice for the oppressed, and he's made powerful enemies as a result. And he knows that anyone who follows him in doing that is likely to find that the same thing happens to them. Faith can bring us comfort in time of trouble, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it should be the thing that brings the trouble, that disturbs our complacency, that pushes us out beyond our comfort zone. If we've never found it hard to live as Jesus calls us to, then perhaps we haven't really been listening. Jesus isn't saying that conflict is good in itself, or that falling out with our families or friends is something we should rejoice in. He's certainly not saying that if the rest of the world is against you, you must be doing something right. That sort of thinking can be very dangerous, drawing us down dark and isolating pathways. But sometimes conflict is the inevitable price of working for justice. Interpreting the present times, seeing what needs doing and doing it, can be tough though. Very few people really enjoy conflict, and those who do probably have something wrong with them. We can feel isolated and alone when we speak out. But today's psalm reminds us that we aren't. It paints a picture of God in the midst of a heavenly assembly, surrounded by what the psalmist described as gods, but which are often interpreted as personifications of the forces that influence human affairs, the impulses that pull and push us around, the things that feel bigger than we are, beyond our control. St Paul later called them principalities and powers. Today's equivalent might be the global economic and political systems we're all part of, which seem to have a life of their own, or the ever-increasing digital networks we're entangled in, things too complex for most of us to even begin to understand. In this psalm, God challenges them. How long will you judge unjustly and show favour to the wicked, he says. He tells them to save the weak and the orphan, defend the humble and the needy. That's what power is supposed to be for, to bless and benefit others. But so often it's used simply to make the rich richer and the powerful more so. It's a strange psalm. We probably often think of heaven as a place where all is calm and perfect. But I'm glad we have this psalm in our Bibles because it shows us a God who isn't holding himself at a distance from all the confusions and turmoil of the world, but who takes his place in the midst of it, sharing the pain of it, challenging abuse and oppression. And that, of course, is what Jesus does on the cross. 
a sort of living enactment of this psalm. God came among us in Christ, rebuking the principalities and powers of his age, the might of Rome, the self-protectiveness of the Jewish authorities, and he's killed for doing so. But although all seems to be lost when he dies, his resurrection shows us that there is no power that can destroy God, no hatred which is stronger than his love. As we try to interpret the present time in our own age, to see and respond to challenges that might seem overwhelming to us, may we remember that we never do so alone. God stands with us too as we challenge the principalities and powers of our time, the things which distort and maim his creation, whether they come from outside us or inside us, and God will not be defeated. Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.